This is episode 5 of the Kindred Bomb podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. a really poignant episode to share with you. I interviewed a new friend of mine, Darina Lazo-Gilmore. She is a children's book author and mama of three girls. She will be sharing a little bit about her journey through grief after having lost her husband in a devastating way. We just really hope that uh, mamas who are walking through similar journeys will find some comfort and encouragement in her words today. This show is supported by Adopt Together, the world's largest nonprofit crowdfunding platform for adoption. Adopt Together helps turn crowds into communities by providing a space for adoptive families to share their story and collect tax-deductible donations from their entire support network. In just five years, they have helped over 2,300 families raise more than $10 million to fund their adoptions. If you're considering adoption, Go to AdoptTogether.org to check out some of their family profiles and hear Adopt Together CEO and founder, Hank Fortner, talk about how he uses the internet to build families. Hi, Darina. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Emily. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. You know this is kind of a new venture for me, and it's been really um, amazing to get to know you a little bit online and have you share with uh, Kindred Mom one of your um, experiences. And so today uh, we're going to be talking about that a little bit more. And uh, before we jump into that, I'd love to have a little bit of an introduction to you and your family and maybe a little bit of backstory um, to this essay that you wrote. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, well, I have three daughters, which is mentioned in the essay that I wrote. Um, I have a 10-year-old, and her name is Melani, and my middle daughter, who is eight, her name is Giada, and then my youngest is Zayla, and she's five, and she is the one who I wrote about in the beginning of my mm-hmm. essay. And um, just a little bit of background on my story. Um I was married for 11 years, and in 2014, my husband was diagnosed with stage 4 melanoma cancer um, in May of that year, and um, at the time, he and I were working as missionaries, um, helping operate a nonprofit that worked in Haiti, so we were kind of splitting our time between um, Fresno, California, where our family and our community lived, and then um, living in Haiti. So, um, obviously that whole experience sent us into a very different trajectory and, um, he, his health actually went downhill very quickly, um, which was probably the most, the hardest part of it and the most surprising part of it because he was fairly healthy and was an athlete and all these different things. So without going into too much detail, um, he was diagnosed in May and then he passed away in September of that year. Um, so that's part of the backstory and feel free to ask if there's, you know, more detailed questions about that. But, um, 
for sure, this is not a story that I would have expected or written for myself, but, you know, God has been so present with me throughout the whole journey. Um, and that's part of why I feel really passionate about sharing my story with other people, even though it's really difficult. Yeah, it is a difficult story. Um, I just feel everything that I have learned about you over the last few months um, just speaks to a resilience in you and your daughters. And um, this article that you shared with our Kindred Mom community uh, is titled Grieving Together. Uh, so if anybody has not read it and wants to check it out, um, you can just go search on the Kindred Mom blog for Grieving Together. And um, it just details uh, one of the experiences you had with your five-year-old at the time, um, talking about missing her daddy. And um, you shared some thoughts about um, how you have navigated um, grief with your daughters. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, how like, what was it like immediately after, and how has it maybe changed uh, as you, I know that grief is such an interesting, difficult, unexpected process, um, but has it been different from, you know, immediately after his passing to the present, or can you tell me a little bit about that part of your journey? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, one of the things that I have learned about grief is that the process is very unique for each person. And mm -hmm. so obviously being a mother of three girls and they're all different ages, so kind of different seasons of their life and then also having very unique personalities. Um, one of the things that I've had to learn is just how to be sensitive to the different ways that they grieve. And then my own grief journey, you know, even being separate and different from that. Um, so I think, let me try to remember. I mean, in the beginning, um, after he passed away, I think there was almost a strange sense of relief that happened in me because I had watched him suffer um, pretty acutely in that last month. And the girls were very present during that time. And so they got to also witness, you know, their dad going downhill really quickly. And that was that was hard for all of us um, because he was very active and he was, you know, very involved in my girls' lives. And because of the kind of lifestyle that we had where we we worked together and we ministered together, we did, you know, most everything as a family too. So I saw each of my girls process that in kind of different ways. Like my oldest, for example, um, as you might guess for the oldest child, she really took on kind of this mothering role and she wanted to comfort others who were grieving and she wanted to kind of protect, um, her sisters and even me. And she was not as expressive publicly about her grief. Like she would hide her tears a little bit more. Um, and then my middle daughter is the one who is a little bit more openly emotional, you know, in general. And so mm -hmm. I remember that, um, you know, she's, she's a deep thinker too. So she's the one who, especially in the beginning, had lots of questions for me about cancer and about heaven and about what daddy might be doing. And so we spent a lot of time processing together. Um, and then my youngest, because she was only two at the time, she was more just kind of viscerally experiencing the loss of her dad. Um, she was the most physically present with him in the last days and just really kind of being by his side. And then, um, when he was gone, 
you know, especially the first few months, like she would cry for him at nighttime a lot and, um, would have also questions for me about, you know, when's daddy coming back and that kind of thing. So that was the beginning experience. And then as time has gone on, you know, I think because of the way our community has cared for us and the way that our, um, just God has been present for us. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the initial hard part of the grief has worn off, but that's not to say we don't have moments where we all, you know, something triggers us and and we go into that, that place of sadness. So I do see a lot of resiliency in my daughters and it's something that encourages me. And it's something I've been on my knees about a lot because I, you know, I didn't have some sort of like how to parent kids when they're grieving book to read. It was just kind of prayer and, um, intuition along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, um, since, um, this experience happened and moving forward that you have done a fair amount of writing on this subject. And, uh, I have just appreciated your, um, gracious and insightful thoughts about that. Um, this is something that before we had decided on this topic for kindred mom for this month, um, that, I had never really thought about too much myself, um, and I've been very um, enriched by just having these smaller glimpses and uh, resources that you have shared. Um, I would love for you to talk just a little bit about some of the main things that have helped you um, walk through this journey with your girls. Um, Any resources you might want to um, pass along to any other mamas who might listen to this that um, are themselves going through a grief journey with their children? Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to start by saying that I I don't want to ever sound prescriptive in what I share. And that's why a lot of times I share out of my own story. Um, I'm actually part of a group of young widows here in Fresno. And there's, I think, 15 of us in the group. And we all have kids and we all have unique experiences. And that's what I love about getting together with those women is that we always have shared experiences. And then we also have different things that that Mm -hmm. we experience. And so I just want to start off by saying that because I want to honor if anyone is listening um, that there's not like this five-step plan to like go through grief. Like everybody has a very different journey. Um, but some of the things that have been really helpful for me, uh, with my girls, um, first of all, is just being really open with them about my own grief. And this was difficult in the beginning because I think as mamas, we have this sort of mama bear instinct that we we don't want our kids to hurt. We don't want them to suffer and we don't want them to see us suffer. Um, but what I realized early on is that it was really important for them to see me cry. And it was really important for when they were having a hard time for me to say words like, I miss daddy too, or I, I'm having a hard time understanding that too. And I needed to come to their level and, and not try to have all the answers for everything. I felt like that was really important for my kids. Um, The other thing is that we had some really just neat, um, practical, more tangible things that we did together. 
um, that helped mm-hmm. us do some processing, um, especially in those first six months. We took some special trips together. We went to the ocean together. We had mm-hmm. some friends who invited us places. And just being able to travel and make some new memories and then also have that time in the car was really important for us. Um, especially because my husband was sick in our home. And so our home was a heavy place for a long time. So being able to get away was important for us. Um, the other thing I'll mention, um, we had a friend of ours who helped me with this. Um, I saw this idea of making these pillows. They're called memory pillows. And (laughs) what you do is you take the, um, the, the loved one's, shirts, like a button down shirt and you make it into a pillow. And so we, I had a friend of mine who made these daddy pillows for us. And that was just something tangible and special for my girls, um, that they were able to just kind of connect, like, this is my daddy's shirt. And when I want to hug him, like I'm going to hug my pillow. And it, you know, it, it seems like a simple thing and it is a simple thing, but it has like it's a tangible thing that has had a lot of depth for my kids. Um, so I wanted to mention that just as one example of something that has helped my kids, you know, even process. And to be honest, even just yesterday morning, um, my daughter woke up and she was crying my fifth, my five-year-old. And honestly, she hasn't really cried about this for a long time, but she said she was missing her dad. And her sister came in with the pillow and said, you need to hold the daddy pillow. And it was just amazing to see how just this simple thing just brought a sense of comfort to her. Obviously, it doesn't take the pain away, but it brings a sense of comfort. And so that's just another example of something that I did with my kids. Um, one other it's, thing that oh, go ahead. I was just going to say it, it seems really um, interesting to me how and I guess this might lead into another question. How have the girls helped each other through this experience? Because that, that seems very um, meaningful to me to see a sibling comforting another sibling um, in this kind of situation. Yeah, there there have been so many just beautiful moments where I felt like you know, I didn't necessarily have the right words and where one of the girls would come in with, you know, a comforting gesture or even the right words for their sisters. And that's been such a blessing to me. Um, One of the examples that I can think of um, besides the daddy pillow example is just um, the way that my girls, when they're missing their dad, will kind of gather together and they will, we, we have a lot of pictures of him in our home. So they might share pictures or we also have, um, we have his old iPhone, which had a lot of videos on it. And so Mm -hmm. I'll let them kind of like watch videos together. And that's one of the ways that they can kind of enter in to like comforting each other, but also having some joyful memories and talking about, you know, remember when daddy did this or remember when we, you know, went on this date to this place. Um, and they, I think kind of buoy up each other's spirits in that context. For sure. So that's been precious to see. Um, and, and they still each process that a little differently. Um, but I've been very intentional about trying to let them 
express it in a way that's comfortable for them. So like my middle daughter, she wanted to have her dad's pictures like plastered all over her walls and in frames. And that's something that's really comforting to her. Um, and so I've given her the freedom to do that. We've we since moved to a new house about a year ago, but I let them kind of be in charge of decorating their rooms. And it's been interesting to see kind of what they've chosen um, to display as a memory of him. Yeah. I was curious to know also, you had referenced uh, a little bit ago about how your community had cared for you through this season. And um, I would love to know, um, because I would love to be a support to anyone in my life and circles uh, who ever encounters this level of grief, what are some of the things that were most impactful for you um, that your community came around and did uh, carrying you through this season? You know, our community was just absolutely amazing. Um, I'm, I'm working on a book project right now that shares about my story. And that's one whole chapter is just about community and how, how God showed me his glory through our community, just lifting us. And there were so many things, um, that they did to come alongside us. Um, I, I give this analogy, um, that, Every day when my husband was sick, I felt like I would wake up in the morning and there was this giant pit in front of me. And I I felt like God was saying to me, like, I want you to get into the pit. I want you to step into this. And I would feel myself kind of arguing with him, like, well, I don't know how wide or deep or long this pit is. I don't know how many days it's going to be. I don't think I can do that. And I remember just this really strong feeling of like, of God just saying to me in my spirit, I want you to just take a step forward into this pit and to trust me. And I have this visual of the people in our community just all lining that pit and holding their arms up and just helping me to cross over the top of it so I never hit Mm -hmm. the bottom. And they did that by um, doing some really beautiful, tangible things like um, coming over and folding my laundry um, by providing meals, which is kind of a natural one that I know a lot of communities do and church church settings do. But that was really valuable for me. It was just having people who would come and bring food and even who would come and eat with us. Um, obviously, you know, some of the, the ones that are expected like cards and gifts and those types of things. But I think probably the things that were most precious to me were the times when people were present with us. Mm-hmm. And it was the people who were willing to come and be in that awkward space of grief, but not, um, they didn't always have the right words. And I, I can distinctly remember people saying to me, like, I don't know what to say to you right now, but I want to be with you. And that was so important to me. That was such a gift. And I recognize that probably only the inner circle people can do that when somebody is grieving. But um, there were some people who were not my close friends who took time to do that. And it was so precious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually, me, oh, go ahead. I was, sorry, I was going to just say, it makes me think of the awkwardness that so many people feel in lots of situations that they don't want to like, they don't want to do the wrong thing. So they just don't do anything. And I keep hearing uh, from different people in lots of different life circumstances that almost always they want people to just enter in, even if it's awkward and just be present and available. And um, I've never heard anyone say, no, please don't do that. <laughs> and um, absolutely, yeah. I just love that picture of um, 
someone being with you in whatever it is that you're going through and not being uh, afraid of the presence, you know, that the taking the time to just be present is such a gift and um, we don't have to have exactly the right words. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one example I'll give to is especially that first year is so hard because everything feels like an anniversary. Mm-hmm. It feels like a trigger to a memory, um, you know, and especially losing a spouse when it's somebody like such a integral part of the nuclear family. And I remember like we had friends who came with us um, to get our first Christmas tree without him. And that was something that in my heart as a mama, I was really dreading to do. Like the whole process just felt scary and sad and I didn't want to do it. But I wanted to do it for my kids because I still wanted them to experience Christmas. And since he passed away in September, it was only a few months later. And I just remember... um, some of our friends coming to us and saying like, what can we do? How can we be present for you? And I sort of, you know, hesitantly shared, you know, would you come with us to get a Christmas tree? And that was such a sweet time with people in our community. They came and helped us and we loaded up the Christmas tree on our car and, you know, went home. And then we ended up having several families come over and they helped us decorate and put up the ornaments and My husband was a collector of Christmas ornaments. It was kind of the thing that his mom gave him. Mm -hmm. And so we even got to share some of his ornaments with some of the kids. Um, (laughs) He had several like kind of little boy um, ornaments that were like Mm -hmm. superheroes or different um, G.I. Joe and stuff like that, which were probably not as meaningful to my girls. But there were some boys that were in that community of friends who came who were like so excited that they got to have Uncle Eric Lee's, you know, G.I. Joe (laughs) ornament. (laughs) So it became a really sweet kind of community event that I did not plan and I didn't try to orchestrate, but just was a beautiful time of presence together. Thank you for sharing that. I think that um, it's really amazing to see how communities come together in times of, of trial and struggle and, and loss. And um, I did want to also ask you um, if you might share a little bit about um, the children's book, or I don't know if you have several books uh, that you've written for children that you could tell us a little bit about about those. I'm very curious. Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, yes, I have three children's books and um, hoping to have several more in the future. I have an agent who's working on submitting those for me right now. Uh, but my most recent book is called Cora Cook's Ponceet, and it is a children's book um, about a little girl who is Filipino American, which is part of my heritage. And she is learning how to cook a special Filipino dish with her mom and learning a little bit more about her family history and some California history in there as well. So it has a recipe in the back and it's really fun. Um, Just that book has given me the opportunity to speak in a lot of schools and I do Mm -hmm. a little cooking show where I have the kids help me with cooking. So it's also an opportunity to talk about cultures and food. And, um, that's, that's another one of my passions as well. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. It's, it's been a fun, it's been a fun adventure. Um, and I actually do have another book that I won't give too much detail about, but it is about grief. And so I'm, I'm hoping that that 
is something um, that can be published soon because in our process, I learned that there aren't a lot of books for really young kids, like picture books um, that deal with the topic of grief. And so that's something also that, you know, is part of my story that I wanted to be able to share. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure when that is um, available for the public, it's going to be wonderful. And um, thank you for sharing a bit about that. I did want to just ask, um, out of curiosity, what brought about the idea for the Cora Cook's Pansit book? Well, actually, uh, my grandmother's name is Cora, and my oldest daughter's, her middle name is Cora. And my grandma passed away when I was in college, actually the day I graduated from college. And she was just such a special um, character and presence in my life. And I, one of the things that I loved doing with her was cooking. And I realized that there was kind of my generation of cousins who didn't know how to cook some of the favorite Filipino dishes. And so I had, I was taking a writing course and through that writing course, um, ended up writing that story, you know, partly because I wanted to preserve her recipe, but also just remembering that relationship that was built through cooking with her and our time together in the kitchen. That's just so meaningful, and I love knowing a little bit about the backstory. So thanks for sharing. Um, yeah, sure. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up, but I so so appreciate you sharing your experience, and um, and I'm sorry for the journey that you have walked and the the sorrow that you have undoubtedly continued to deal with through this. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add for um, women who might be journeying through difficult things? And um, I don't know, you're just a fountain of, uh, of beautiful words. And so I just <laughs> want to give you an opportunity to leave with a kind of a final message, I guess. Thank you. Well, I will just, um, if it's okay, I wanted to share about some of the resources that I have too. I have written a lot about our story. And so if people are interested in reading a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, my blog has our grief journey and, and several different stories and lots of resources. So people can go to darinagilmore.com. And um, on there, I also have recently developed a resource that it's just a free thing that people can sign up for um, that is for grieving with kids. And so if there's any moms out there or, you know, maybe other grandparents or whatever who are um, – who are nav- trying to navigate grief with kids, it gives some of the ideas of like the daddy pillow is on there, some other activities to do with kids and some books and movies um, that just have been helpful in our journey to help talk about it with my girls. Um, so I want to encourage people to look at that too, if they are looking for more resources. Um, I know sometimes it can be really overwhelming as a mama, when you're trying to look for resources. So I was trying to put everything kind of in one spot. Um, Sure. Well, that's a, is a wonderful resource. And I have, I I saw it this week myself, so it would be a great thing for anyone to go and, um, and download themselves. And thank you so much for sharing Dorina. And I hope that we get to read more of your beautiful words on the Kindred Mob blog soon. Thank you so much, Emily, for this opportunity. I am so grateful to Darina for her willingness to share from her experience, especially given that it is such a difficult story. I can't imagine what her family has been through, but I do know that grief is a reality for so many families, and often there is not obvious resources to turn to when trying to navigate this with children. 
Darina's blog is a really excellent place to start. She has a number of helpful things for parents who might be in a similar position. One of the monthly topics for March was grieving in motherhood on the Kinder Mom blog. And there are a few other essays that dealt with this subject. One is titled Helping Children Grieve by Angie Warren. I'm planning to have Angie on the podcast in a future episode, but I wanted to mention her essay now because it includes some really helpful things for parents who want to help their children grieve in a healthy way. I also wanted to let you know that on our Kindred Mom Facebook group, we hosted a special Facebook live event with a counselor named Jane Nicewender. She went through the stages of grief for kids as well as some ideas that might help mamas navigate a difficult time with their families. It's really worth checking out so you can join our Kindred Mom Facebook group and go to the videos and you'll find it there. For the mamas who are navigating the waters of grief right now, we are thinking of you and hope that this episode has been helpful. We hope you'll reach out on Instagram or Facebook and get connected to the Kindred Mom community. We'd love to have you. Thanks for listening.